back to the Life Well Done podcast. Before we go on, get going with the episode today with our guest, I'd like to mention that I'm offering fitness and nutrition uh, consultation or services to help improve your health and your quality of life. Uh, specifically this time with COVID and the death rates rising and severity of these cases increasing, it's crucial that we start paying attention to what some of these underlying diseases are. Some of them are diabetes, obesity, heart disease, things that we can definitely impact through our fitness and our nutrition. So no better time than now to get that under control and try and improve your health overall, but also kind of bulletproof yourself against uh, this vicious disease that's going around. Uh, if you are interested or want to find out more, head over to Instagram, fill out the form, or just DM me there, or you can email me. Everything is going to be at lifewelldone. My email is lifewelldone at gmail.com, so you can also just reach out through that. Uh, so without further ado, let's get into today's guest. Uh, as a fellow Block One Power Athlete coach, um, is Christopher Sasquatch Bean, uh, really cool dude. I've followed him for quite a while, long time. A uh, very deep thought thinker, uh, writes really well and always kind of intrigues me with his words. Uh, Christopher has lost over 200 pounds, so he's he's gone from extremely overweight and obese to almost too small, and having to correct those relationships with being too big, too small, and what all of that means for him. Uh, takes us down a wild ride of his life so far, and just really kind of produces some satisfaction with what coaching really is. Um, easy to talk to guy, love hearing his stories, and I think you'll really enjoy this. Uh, touch base on body dysmorphia, confidence, and how it affects your fitness, nutrition, your health, and just your relationships with people and yourself. So um, dive into this one, let me know what you think, and hope everybody's staying safe and uh, starting to enjoy some of this weather. All right, guys, see ya. One, and we're good to go. All right, dude. Oh. Um, so welcome to the podcast. We've we've touched base a couple times via Instagram. Um, yeah, man. I've always always been kind of like interested to chat with you because I feel like we actually have some parallels. Um, and I'd be interested to see where we dive into this. But uh, for mm -hmm. everybody listening, I'm I'm chatting with a fellow power 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 athlete. Wow, he's from me to say power athlete block one coach, uh, Christopher Bean in Lexington, Kentucky. Um, Dude, let's let you just break down who you are, where you're at, you know, whatever you want to do with it, and then we'll start diving in. We got we got a pretty cool set of topics here, maybe a little bit outside of strength conditioning. I'm sure we'll we will relate it to strength conditioning. Oh yeah, industry, but a little more mental illness and maybe well, body image in how we view ourselves, um, specifically maybe males in this case. Um, yeah. But just just what's what's going on in the world. So let you take it away here and just kind of tell us who you are. Oh man, that's a, that's always, that's always such like, it's such like a weird, I've always found that to be such a strange question. Cause it's like, I, I it's a lot of things, I don't know. right? It's, it's, it's a lot of things, right? It's a lot of things. Um, it, uh, well, my name's Christopher Bean. Um, I am 27 years old. I love bourbon. Uh, I'm a Scorpio. Uh, I don't like long walks on the beach that much. I prefer strolls through the mountains. Um, no, no, um, so yeah, so, so anyway, no, I'm a, um, I'm a strength and conditioning coach. I uh, coach, like you said, um, in Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, I coach at a gym called trace strength and a suburb called Georgetown. And then I coach at a gym called CrossFit Strode station, um, over in Winchester and, uh, they're about 30 minutes apart. Fun, fun fact. I, I live above one of them. I live above trace strength actually. Okay. Nice. When, when, uh, when I was moving down here, <laughs> we needed an apartment and, uh, 
landlord of the whole building was like, there's an apartment upstairs that no one's lived in like ever. It's brand new. And I was like, I'll take it. <laughs> so <laughs> that, that makes, that makes the commute to work uh, for the most part pretty easy. Um, but now I'm a strength conditioning coach, coach CrossFit. That's how I got into it. Um, I was real quick summary. I was super overweight in high school. I was a really overweight kid. Um, started losing weight when I got out of it. I had a buddy that tried that was into CrossFit met him really randomly through a, a mutual friend and he was like, you should come try it. Uh, he berated me into going and I loved it, but I couldn't afford it. Um, so I would just find like, I'd find like wads and like workouts that I could just do at the park on like my sure. run. And I would just do it at the park for a little bit. And then eventually I, 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 I think like a year or two went by and then I came back to it. Like I found it again. I had a job and I'd kind of like, I'd gotten out of that rhythm. I'd gotten back into my old routine. Um, and I was like, Oh, I could, I can afford this now. And I just kind of got into it and I knew that I wanted to be a coach, um, but I didn't know what a coach was. I, I knew that I wanted to help people kind of make the change that I had made. Like I'd lost, uh, <laughs> not to put the cart before the horse, like for this podcast, but like I'd lost like over 200 pounds and like, I'd wow. like taken my health nice. back and all that shit. Like, yeah, thank you. And like, it felt, I felt great. And I felt like I felt better. Um, and there were a number of things that at the time looking back, I, that were bad that I, that I shouldn't have done. Um, that like, I didn't feel good in certain ways, but like I'd lost all this weight and I wanted to help people kind of do the same thing. But I also knew that I wasn't interested in like, I wasn't interested in being one of the people that I saw at the Y walking around with a trainer, like shirt on. Right. I wasn't interested in that. I didn't want to do personal training. Um, and CrossFit kind of opened the door for someone. I asked the gym I went to at the time, I was like, can I, could I intern to like coach? And I didn't know what the requirements there were. Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, we want our interns to have a level one. Um, they did not expect me to go get a level one, but, I, but I, I signed up for a level one course that was like three or four months away. I studied for it. And then I went, I passed it. I got my level one and I went back in. I was like, Hey, I got a level one. Can I, can I intern? And they were like, Oh uh, yeah, I guess like, sure. Like, so I just, <laughs> no like, real plan. <laughs> yeah. No real plan. Just like, cause like it was, it was sort of like as like that gym did a lot for me, but it was kind of a cop out answer. It was kind of like, uh, oh, I don't want to say no, but like if you spend a thousand dollars, I guess like sure. it's one yeah. of those things. Yeah. Right. <laughs> they feel so bad. They're like, yeah, whatever dude. <laughs> yeah. And I got it. Like, and I was like, okay, so I did, uh, I did that route shadowed, uh, interned for a little while internship ended there was not a coaching opportunity there I got a coaching opportunity had another gym that was just opening um and actually when I was there I found a uh, crossfit football and that that had been a thing that that I'd felt like was sort of missing like I was like I liked doing crossfit and I liked the metcons and I liked uh I did enjoy the intensity of it for a while and I was, but I was like, there's just something missing to this and I don't know what it is. And it turns out that like a properly formed strength progression filled that hole really fast. Um, you mean principles? Yeah. Right. Like that, not just, <laughs> not just random bullshit, um, but it was, but it was one of those things where I, uh, I found CrossFit football. I got into it and I just, I dove headlong into it. And I remember, I distinctly remember the first time I opened CrossFit football's page because uh, a coach at the gym that I'd interned at and like still went to, I was still a member at, um, he was like, I've been frustrated that I wasn't getting stronger. I was like upset that my squat wasn't going up. And he's like, man, you know, you'd probably like this CrossFit football thing. Like I went to one of their certifications a few years ago. They were all about like this, like getting big and strong. And I was like, that sounds up my alley. And I was at work looking for a workout and I pulled it up and just immediately right there, it's just fucking jawing, just like driving into some dude. He's got a bicep vein, like a roadmap. I'm like, fuck yeah, I want interstate arms. 
I was like, let's do this. I was like, let's, I was like, let's do this. And but I then like, you realized the first workout was Calsu. So you're like, I maybe I'll change. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, never mind, never mind. Um, and I just followed that. I followed that religiously. Um, when they finally launched Jack Street, I jumped on Jack Street. Um, I tried Field Strong initially for like a little while, and it wasn't like it wasn't quite my jam yet. Like I felt sure. like I had it, I hadn't built into being able to do it yet, yeah. right? Um, so, and I always tell people if CrossFit football was still around, I would still be doing CrossFit football. Oh, like dude, I, I remember, I would, yeah. I, I have a similar story where like I, I stopped playing hockey in college and moved back home from like some head injuries. And at the same time, like uh, um, my sister's friend, she was co-owner of a gym and that's like, you know, we'll, we'll teach you to clean the gym. You know, you clean the gym and we'll, we'll give you workouts and whatever. And that's kind of how I started everything. But like they, a bunch of them inside of there, like the other owner and some of the chiropractors, they were all on power athletes. So like from yeah. 2010, I've been on and off and following them. And then, you know, like I, I remember those where I was being like, man, I feel like in the week I can put on size when I do this. And then like I go do something else. I'm like, you know, I remember going to competition after doing like a week of power athletes, still being like, I just move better. You know, like, yep. it's just, yep. No, so exactly. It's pretty cool. Exactly. So it's a power athletes done a lot for me. And it's brought me a lot closer to a lot of people and, and or it's given mm-hmm. me an opportunity to do a lot for myself, I guess, and inside of what they do. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, that's what's really cool. And I'm, I'm super pumped to have you as the guest today because um like it feels like a lot of things in my life right now are kind of coming to this like funnel of like here's all the things you've done here's all the things you want to do and now is your jumping off point yep and you know i've been around like been online for a long you know a while a couple years trying to launch kind of a business and like i'm I'm here I, i do programming and all this crap right and so like i'm prepared to kind of go into that a little bit deeper but more than anything i started the podcast when i was living in colorado two and a half years ago and mm-hmm. it started off as mental health for a lot of reasons that I've struggled with. And I was, you know, if you've listened, if anybody's listened to this podcast from episode one, which uh, the first, you know, maybe 10 to 15 are pretty, pretty rough. They're, they're mental health driven. There's some sensitive yeah. topics there. And, but I don't really hide away from the fact that I struggle with suicide and depression and, you know, some major life changes. And as I get older and a little bit more aware about who I am and who I want to be, I recognize that you know, my eating tendencies or my defensive mechanisms are all based off just things from childhood. And yeah. I come from this incredibly loving family, like, you know, like parents that did the absolute best they could and still do yep. for me. And like, so there, you know, there's no blame there. It's really a bad, like you just start to understand, like as a child, you misunderstand certain things, you know, mm. so go to the grocery store and you think someone's leaving you. <laughs> yeah. They're actually going yeah, to give you yeah. more provi- provide for you. So yeah. but as yeah. a child, you look at it and you're like, and then you're going to come back. So all these things, you start breaking them down, you get a little bit older. And that's, I'm super excited to have you on because I've got my own insecurities about even what I bring to the table as far mm-hmm. as what I put out there in, in far, as far as maybe impact or conversation. Um, yeah. And so we're just, we're just going to dive right into this thing. I'm sure about, a little bit more about who you are and everything will, will kind of show up. But um, mm-hmm. I think for me, I, I really want to get stories. in. Yeah, dude, it's, I, I tell lots it. of stories. That's how I learn. So that's, that's how I like, it's how I like to communicate. I love it, dude. But you mentioned the 200 pound difference and mm-hmm. we talked a little bit about this before, but your weight loss, um, experience coming from obese to almost too small and then managing what it is to be healthy. I guess I'll put the turn label on it for now and we can kind of expand yeah. on that. Yeah. But, uh, maybe we can deep dive down that just what the experience was uh, for me. Um, 
I've always, I feel like I've always looked exactly the same. Like maybe I've gotten a little bit bigger in muscle and a little bit smaller, but like, yeah, if I'm, I've been as heavy as 255. And although like I'm, I'm pudgy, I got, you know, I got man boobs and stomach. I've always looked kind of the same, like just kind of like wide shouldered, big legs, mm-hmm. fine. Um, but you know, now I, I motor right around 195 to 200. And obviously I'd like to look a little healthier, but more I'd like to, I work, I'm working more on it now, but my relationship to food and what that really mm-hmm. means and understanding where it comes from. But I've been as heavy as 255 and in that deep, dark place. And I've been as light as, you know, I'm maybe in high school about 170. So mm-hmm. I've you know, been around it. Um, but I've never lost 200 pounds. Um, you know, like, <laughs> it's, it's weird. It's really I, weird, man. Yeah. It's, it, a, it's a very weird experience. You're like a new person. So I'd love to yep. kind of start there. And then we're going to deep dive into some of the industry's issues and uh, mm-hmm. issues you've had with, you know, for yourself, but we'll kind of relate oh, yeah. them to the strength conditioning. So just maybe tell us a little bit about that. About, um, the so, weight loss, yeah. yeah, man. So I remember distinctly, I went to, uh, so strangely enough, I always tell people, so I'm not, I'm not an athlete and I never have been. I've never competed in a competitive sport. I've never played a competitive sport. The closest I get is uh, when I was a kid, I got bullied a lot because I was too small. I was a really small, I was a really small kid. Um, like I was really little until high school. Um, and, uh, I was like real short and, and scrawny as a kid, I was lanky. Uh, so I always described it like, I kind of looked like a greyhound puppy. Like I had these shoulders that were knobby and these like big wrists. So you could tell I was going to grow into it, but I hadn't yet as a kid. Um, and now like I'm, I'm broad, I'm barrel chested like my dad. I'm real broad shouldered and I'm like, I'm six, two or six, three. And I, right now I think I float around like two twenty or two twenty five. Um, but when I was a kid, I, I was like, just, I was a runt. Um, so I got picked on for that a lot. And I distinctly remember my mom looking at me one time and being like, well, if you're going to, if you're going to get your ass kicked, you should learn how to throw a punch. Um, so, <laughs> so I, weirdly enough, I had, I had wanted to get into martial arts after my mom eloquently put it that way. Um, and I was walking to a meeting to join the Boy Scouts because I wanted something to do. I was going to do that and like try to find a martial art. And on the way, I heard people yelling in another room. And I walked in. It was a karate class. Nice. And I was like, I was like, oh, this looks cool. This looks like way more fun than the Boy Scouts. I never, bo- I never joined the Boy Scouts. Um, instead, I just went to that. I just started going to that class. Um, and then I found things like boxing and kickboxing and Muay Thai. Um, my sister is a really bad badass Muay Thai fighter actually up in Columbus she's a stud yeah it's it's wild um and like I come from a pretty athletic family right my sister one of my I have three sisters I'm the youngest of four kids I'm the only brother um one of my sisters played a scholarship played uh played soccer at Penn State on like a four-eyed scholarship um my dad played like played on a lacrosse scholarship at Bowling Green um my, my whole family's pretty athletic and then like I'm just not right <laughs> like i I'm, I'm not i'm i'm not i have no natural athleticism um and i honestly at this point and honestly as a coach and as a person now i kind of prefer it that way like i've had to build all the movement and like ability i have which is still not spectacular but it's way better than it used to be but anyway i got into all that um turns out you can still out eat that activity um so I went to, I started high school. I was five, seven and 400 pounds. Wow. I think so. I was about as wide as I was tall. Um, I'm going to interrupt you for a second. How did you get to 400 pounds? Um, I, this is the thing about my story is that there's so much jumping around. So this (laughs) podcast becomes hard to follow. I'm sorry. Um, to anyone listening. 
So when I was, um, depression, anxiety runs in my family, okay. right? It's sort of an inherited trait. Um, when I was seven, I was diagnosed with both. Um, and I had a mother who is still is the smartest person I've ever met. Um, and she saw the signs really early. And she said to me and my sister, Jordan, she said, you two are going to go to therapy. So we started going to therapy when we were like, we're, yeah, when we were like six, I think was about then. And I went to therapy consistently from the time I was six up until I started high school. Right. Like, and it was just like one of those things, like it, le- it wasn't like every week, but it was like, Hey, you're going once or twice a month at least. Like we're going to get these check-ins. Um, so I was at a really young age. I was diagnosed with depression, anxiety. I was also bullied a lot. Like I said, like getting my, getting my ass kicked cause I was too small and then you can't please a bully. You start eating more because food doesn't judge you and food's not doing anything. Food's not yelling. It yeah. tastes good. It makes you feel good. It satiates you. It, it like, it fills you up and you're like, cool, this is great. Like, this is awesome. And you don't really think about the fact that you're going to gain weight from it. Oh, right? Food like, is like that, this just endless hug. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. It's, it's like your couch, like a couch is a bed that hugs you. Like Mike Birbiglia says, like, and food's the same way. Like food is always just like, this is great. Until you realize that you have like a dairy deficiency and that's why you shit for an hour after you eat ice cream. Um, but like, but anyway, so like, um, I'm, I'm getting bullied. I've got anxiety. I've got depression. I just keep eating. Right? I keep eating. I keep eating. And I'm, I'm a really shy, I'm a really shy person anyway. I'm a pretty shy guy. I'm, I'm pretty introverted. Um, and weirdly enough, all the martial arts stuff, I got into fights, but like once I got into school, I was afraid to hit people. Like I was afraid to defend myself in school. Um, so I would get into fights in my neighborhood, but I stopped, but I wouldn't throw punches back at school. So I would just get my ass kicked in bathrooms because they didn't want to get in trouble. Um, and it just, it just built from there, right? It just built from there. Um, stopped doing martial arts, uh, stopped, stopped doing the boxing thing, stopped doing the kickboxing thing, was just tired all the time. I, was, I had this like constant head cold. I remember that a lot. It seemed like I was always sick when I was that heavy. Um, everything hurt. Uh, the everything hurt i was i would sweat walking upstairs to my bedroom like to the point that like i just wouldn't want to go down go back downstairs it was like i don't want to do it again so i'm just gonna stay up here um but that's how i really that's how i got there with it right it's just mm-hmm. this like and like and a big thing that people miss is that like is that like mental illness and obesity and like one one can lead to the other and there's a very 100%. very large correlation right like obesity and being overweight like increases your chance of developing anxiety and depression i don't remember what the percentage is on it um but and vice versa, if you are anxious, if you have anxiety or depression, your chances of becoming obese at some point in your life just like skyrocket, right? And it was just a perfect storm, right? I got to high school, I went to the doctor, I stepped on the scale, it said 408. That was the heaviest weight I ever saw on the scale, I believe. Um, it was 408 or 410. Um, and my doctor, I remember she took me into the we went into the exam room after we did like all that, and we went through the whole we went through like the whole just checkup. And then she looked at my mom and I'd start high school and she said, Hey, I want to talk to Chris about like sexual health. And if I, I don't know if he wants you here for that. Um, and I was like, no, let's go ahead and go somewhere <laughs> else, mom, you can go somewhere else. So mom leaves and she doesn't want to talk to me about sexual health. Right. Like she, she, she looks at me and she's like, she's like, I'm really worried about you. And she's like, I'm really scared for you. And I was like, I was like, okay, why? Like, it's still like, it's amazing how you get so locked. Like depression's a thief and anxiety's a liar. And it's amazing how those two things will, will mask, will mask the problems from your life that are so obvious. You feel walking around 200 pounds overweight. You feel it with every step, 
right? But somehow I walked into this doctor's office and got off that scale and was like, "Yeah, everything's fine, <laughs> right? Like, it's like, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And sweep it under the rug. <laughs> yeah, whatever. And like, also I'm 15, I'm suicidal, I'm depressed, I'm not thinking about it, right? And like, and a large portion is like, as dark as it is, I was, I'm looking for a way to not be here. I'm yeah, looking 100%. for an out, right? Um, so she looks at me and I'm like, I'm like, okay, what do you want me to do? And she's like, Chris, you're not going to see 30. She's like, she's like, you're going to be a diabetic by the time you're 21. She's like, she's like, you're almost there now. She's like, she's like, your quality of life's going to be terrible by the time you're 25. And she's like, I don't think you'll see 30 years old. And I was like, uh-huh. oh, and that hit me really hard. It's like, but also in that, in that same instance, it's like, that's double where I am now. I'm 15. Right. You're talking yeah, about I got plenty 30, of time. Like, that doesn't exist in my brain. 30 years old is a myth. <laughs> like, yeah. It's not real. Um, but, it, but I go home and I just like think about it and I think about it and it, and it gradually, strangely enough, kind of fades away from my mind, right? That, that she said that. And my mom did this thing that was really smart when she saw me start gaining weight. She didn't, she didn't scold me. Right. She didn't scold me. She didn't get mad. She didn't yell at me. She didn't berate me about like, you need to make better choices. And whether or not someone's opinion is that she should have, I think that what my mom did was the right thing, to be totally honest. My mom gradually looking back on it and the way that she's talked about it now, she just gradually stopped making bad choices available in the house. So she just took, she just slowly st- started taking away yeah. snack food. She slowly started taking away things that could be microwaved really easily. She slowly started. overload, man. And that's what it was. It was just one thing <laughs> at a time. And, and dude, it's so funny because it just, I didn't fucking notice as a kid. I didn't notice that those things just slowly, like, it's like every time she went to the store, she just bought one less thing, like something yeah. like that, right? Um, but one day she comes home and I don't, I honestly couldn't tell you what triggered it. Um, aside from the fact that I was really sick of girls seeming like not having a girlfriend. Right. Like, which is such a shallow fucking thing to say. Yeah, but but it's real. But but it's like, but it's like, I was so, and I hate saying it too, because it's so not true, man. Like there was, there was, there was this girl in high school who I'm still really good friends with, like that I was crazy about. And I thought that she did, that she wouldn't want to date me because I was so heavy. Came to find out later in life that was not true at all. Um, but like, but like, you know, but it's it's one of those things. It's like people. I hate, I hate, I hate saying that because I don't want to perpetrate their like or push this thought that like that that's real, right? And it's like no, like I do think that people are like you should consider your health. But like on that body positive body body positivity note, like you should love yourself in every iteration. And that's the thing my sister Jordan told me like a few years ago. She's like, I have always loved you every iteration of who you are, what you've looked like or what you've been doing with your life. She's like, you have always been my little brother and I've always loved you. You've always deserved love. Um, she's like, but you also have to be healthy. Yeah. Right? Like, because you, I, I've always, I think of my health as like, I owe my health to the people around me so that I'm here for longer. Sure. Right? Like it's not, for me, it's not about me. It's, it's not about me needing to be healthy for, whatever fucking reason I have it's I want to be here because maybe I want kids someday maybe I want to be here with my friends if my friends are like hey let's go on a hike I want to be able to go with them right and also like my mom really stuck my mom and sister and family really stuck through a lot of really bad shit with me that was caused by my anxiety my depression and my obesity right and they stuck by so it's like what right to me and like in my head like what right do I have to just suddenly be like this is about me like this health is this is mine um, but the way my mom tells the story is she can't, she pulled up into the driveway one day 
and I'm, it's the summer between my freshman and sophomore years of high school. She pulls up into the driveway and I'm sitting in the driveway putting on sneakers and she gets out of the car and she's like, what are you doing? And I tell him like, I'm going to go on a run. And it's like, I, I don't, I don't know what I meant by that. I have no <laughs> idea. I, I don't know where I got that notion. Um, but she just, she didn't make a big deal of it. She didn't hug me. She didn't do anything. I remember that she just was like, okay. She's like, be careful, be safe yeah. and have fun. And, and the way she tells it, she went inside, she just like started to cry because she was like, she's like, you had finally reached the point when you cared enough about yourself for whatever reason that you wanted to make a change. And she's like, sounds like she was a pretty good coach, right? Like we, uh, we talk about sports for like your, your humble leader, how you yeah. react is probably how your team's going to react. So as she, mm-hmm. you know, split the acorn open on that one, either way, happy or negative, yeah. you know, whatever it was, yep. you know, no, she it's, did, uh, she did. It would have just cost something. That's awesome. That's really cool. Um, And then my first run was me uh, not falling down for three blocks. And then I felt like my heart was going to explode because someone that's 200 pounds overweight shouldn't be running. I don't care what a coach tells you. And then, um, and then I walked home and then I was like, okay, that was terrible, but I guess I'll do it again. And I just kept, I just kept at it. Right. And you know, and it's like when you're losing that much weight and you're also dealing with these things in your head, like, you fluctuate, you bounce around, you go back and forth. That's why I always try to tell people, it's like, don't be mad when like you lose 30 pounds and then you gain five back because number one, that five pounds could be water weight. It could have been, you went on vacation. It could be that you're more stressed out. You got into a fight with like your spouse or your partner, whoever the fuck it, like it could be anything, right? Don't like, but like I, I made these fluctuations of like, I would work out for like three months really hard and lose 30 pounds. And then I'd, I wouldn't work out for a month and gain like 15 back. Yeah. Right. Like big things like that. Right. Like it's, it's interesting because, you know, 30 years old, I feel like just in the last year or so I've been able to sit there and go like, you know, I, I like to joke that I balance my extremes with extremes. So it's like all or nothing. And it's a gift and a curse. Right. I mean, like when I'm all in, I'm all in and I've tried to create some balance and also accept it. Like maybe extremes work for you right now. Like you, okay. Like, you know, just do what you have to do to make yourself feel good right now. And that's, that's that. And yeah. so there are times where like, you know, I've dropped, you know, the 30 pounds and then I've gone on three, four, five weeks where I'm just like, you know, there's ice cream several times a week, you know, at night, the whole pint of pen and Jerry's, there's the pizza, there's, you know, beer, like all these things. And like, yeah, just probably in the last year, I've been able to sit there and go, when you're ready, you'll fix it. But just know that this is not how you want to live. There's something else going on with this situation and that's okay too, but like, don't, don't allow your awareness to just go away. Um, yeah. You know, like yeah. you can, you can be aware of something and still make a bad decision and you can yes. be aware of something and make a good decision. So it's just kind of like being gentle in a certain way. Um, but also knowing when to apply a little bit of that force of going like, dude, it, it's just time. Like it's not going to yeah. get any easier the longer you go. So like it's time for you to wake up and, and just change one habit. Um, yeah. And, and that's, that's something that I've really it seemed to work pretty well for me. I'd like to, for me personally, I'd like to keep the fluctuations a little bit more flatlined, you know, like when they're mm-hmm. not so intense, but the intensity has definitely come down. And I think it's, it's similar where you just start to be a little more patient with yourself mm-hmm. and understand like there's, there's no fixed. This is yes. just something that you're going to become a little bit better at managing. And mm-hmm. every day that you become a little better at managing it is one less day that you're not feeling good about managing it. So, you know, the balances start kind of tipping in your favor more often yeah. than they don't. And, and that's like the winning 
right? Like that's the 1% better every day. Like, well, 1% better every day doesn't mean that you don't eat ice cream at all. It means that like when you do, are you able, even if it's like a spoonful at the bottom, are you able to leave some, put it back in the freezer? Because then Mm -hmm. you can go, all right, there is a level of control there. Maybe it's not where you want it to be or where like other people are at, but there is a level of like, you put it down. Or if you did eat the whole thing, you're like, don't do it two nights in a row. Yeah. And that, but that's very real. Like, and I'm only recently there, like in, cause I have a, I have a, I have a relationship with food that has only, I would only describe it as healthy for the last couple of years, okay. right. Of my life, honestly. And I'm, I'm 27. Like I lost, I was, I was, it was the day I turned 21 that I stepped on the scale and I realized I'd lost 200 pounds. Wow. Good for you. Like, that was, that's so cool. Yeah. Thanks man. That was like, that was, that was six years ago. It's six years ago. And I'm just now in like the last two years in a place where I'm super like real comfortable with food. But even now there are things that like, it's the same thing that I think about my depression and my anxiety, right? Can people get depressed and can people get anxious? Sure. But there's a difference between having it as like a chronic, as like an illness and then like going through it and like through phases of like, of like going through hard times. Right. Um, it's like, there are things in my brain that like, I just am going to have to deal with and and, like navigate. Right. As I, as I continue to like grow and live and just be alive, it's like my anxiety, my depression and my PTSD. Right. Cause I have post-traumatic stress disorder too. Um, those are things I'm just going to have to like learn to live with. And what I'm learning is that like my relationship with food will probably always be a little strange because I don't think you're going to get to 400 pounds and then lose half, like literally lose an entire person. Um, (laughs) and then be like, that thing that made me get there, the, like the source of the fuel that made me get there, we're cool now, right? It's well, that's, like, that's a really hard that's, thing. That's, to, that's a hard thing to navigate for people. I kind of, I kind of think about that in ways of like, what, what am I expecting to be with my food? You know, like, yes, there's that all or none. There's that perfect, and like, what the hell does that really mean? And like, I struggle with that too. So to sit there and say like, oh, I'm, I've got this huge grasp on my food. I don't know. I don't know yep. who really does entirely. Um, at some yeah. point you could probably find something and go like, well, listen, you're, you're as straight and narrow as I'm bent. the other way. Right? Like, so like, there's extremes on either side of it. And for me, like I'd say in the last year, I've become really aware, more, much more aware of it for myself. Um, mm-hmm. or I, I shouldn't even say that. I've been aware of it for a long time. I've been able to implement plans a little bit better for myself recently. So yeah, I can appreciate that. And, um, again, though, like sometimes it's a good week, good day, bad day, bad week. It could yep. be a month, it could be three months where I'm like, ah, oh, great. And it's just now I'm to the point though, where I'm like, I feel like I'm in a pretty good spot mentally for myself. Cause you know, yep. I've, I've, you know, I mentioned that battle with stress and, you know, anxiety, depression, suicide. And I just kind of refuse to be like, I'm going to go back there and say like, mm-hmm. all right, listen again, like you just phrased it. I don't know that I have anxiety or depression anymore, but I think I struggle with it. And anxiety probably, you know, more than anything at this point, I'd say it's probably still likely, but the depression, I love the way you put that because it's not, some people really do have this and other people mm-hmm. experience it, you know, like and both are, have, both are you know, perfectly you, valid. Yeah. You can get fired from right. your job and they can be depressed from it. You can bad relation, whatever it might be. There's reasons to be down. That's unhappiness. And we call it depression. So yep. That's okay. But like yep. you're living with it for, months years now we're talking about something totally different there's this root cause that drives that thing that's just keeping it anchored to you yeah um, i had to battle that pretty hard so that's i'm props to you for taking control um <laughs> dude i i've had i've had a ton of help in my life and i've gotten extremely lucky uh with uh, number one just like some of the therapists i've had have just been incredible incredible therapists um my uh 
my therapist in high school. Uh, it turns out actually we, we had no idea. My therapist through all four years of high school was also one of my best friend's mothers. Oh, nice. And we, and we didn't know, like he didn't know that she was my therapist and I didn't know that like she was his mom. And like <laughs> we had like a senior dinner and it like blew our minds. We we're like, Oh my God. <laughs> like, she's like, yeah, she's like, I'm not allowed to tell you that. Um, but anyway, but like it is you like you get a lot of help and you and you figure out ways to navigate it and you figure out ways to cope with it. And honestly, so I'm kind of like I'm a little bit I, mean, I say this and it sometimes comes off wrong. I'm a combative person um, because my mom also like she's she also sort of raised me in a way that like I would come home from getting in fights and like getting picked on and I'd have like a bloody nose. And she would always ask me, she'd say, are you OK? Did you win? And did you start it? Right. And as long as and she didn't care if I won, she just wanted to know for some reason, <laughs> she, um, she cared that I was okay, like physically and not hurt. But I only ever think I started like one fight. I think I've only ever been in one fight where I threw the first punch and she was so pissed and I was like a kid, right? She was so mad at me that I did that. Um, that I never did it again. Right. But that was a big thing with her is that I, I got that from her. My mother has like, just from where we're from and she, she'll tell me that like my Appalachian or my blue collar is showing, but there, there's enough of, there's enough of that mentality in our family that it's like, sometimes, yeah, whoever we go outside, whoever comes back from behind the dumpster. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> like you, you won, you're right. 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 Um, but my, but it's also one of those things where it's like, I'm not an aggressive person. I'm a combative person, right? So it's one of those things where if it comes up, I very rarely back down from like challenges, physical, verbal, whatever it is, and especially if it involves someone else. So I actually, strangely enough, I brought that mentality over to my mental illness, right? And so I actually picture... And I don't picture myself like actually fighting it, right? But I picture myself like, and I think about my mental illness and like all of it as like, it's a physical thing that I can see, right? And I always, I've always described it as like, so there's this, there's this tar pit in the back of my head, right? And it's, there's a trail that leads down to it. I don't want to walk down the trail. I don't want anything coming up the trail. But I know that sometimes there's something down there that like, it's also, it's, it's living there. It's living there. And I always think of it as like over time, getting better and healing is planting bushes and flowers around this tar pit because your mental illness also doesn't want to be there, right? It doesn't want to be in your head either. It is also suffering. Like I've never pictured my anxiety as like laughing at me, right? It's in pain and I just feel it, right? I've always, and maybe that sounds schizophrenic. Maybe that sounds like what, whatever, <laughs> but like, but that's always how I've imagined it is like, the act of healing and the act of getting better is like actually sitting down and having a conversation with yourself of like, Hey, you don't like feeling this way either. I don't like that you feel this way. Cause then I feel that way. Like, what can we do to mitigate this? And what can we do to make things a little bit better and like a little bit softer for both of us? Right. Like I've it's, always thought about that. It's um, it's like, you know, dumping the gasoline on a fire or yes. uh, Eckhart Tolle talks about it in terms of like the pain body. And when mm -hmm. you give fuel or attention to whatever's got you anxious that day, it's only mm -hmm. going to make it worse. So yep. like for me, I remember I used to, when I was going through some of my tougher times, I used to lay in my bed and I would pretend that I, like my body was a bug, like a fly on the wall, mm -hmm. watching myself have that panic attack yeah. or, you know, or that anxiety attack or whatever it was. And that was my way of separating the two and going mm -hmm. like, all right, it's, it can be there. 
but yeah. you don't have to be wrapped up in it. Like you literally yep. just my face as a face on a fly's body looking yeah. down at my yeah. physical Brian Dunn body and going yeah. like, you're separate. You're two different entities here and you, you can play if you want, but just yes. know that like when you do play, things get rough and yeah. when you don't play, things kind of are there. It's like wavy waters and then you just ride across it. And mm -hmm. so it was just, a, that was probably where a lot of my awareness um, to making a lot of changes really started. And I, I believe yeah. that being aware is the necessary start to change. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, you can say you want to change X, Y, and Z, but like, there's a reason X, Y, and Z are there and you need yes. to go backwards and just pay attention to when they start, why they start. And like, it doesn't mean two-year-old Brian had to be started. It means like, what were you doing before you ate all of that ice cream? What were you doing? How did you feel at noon today? Like just mm -hmm. little simple things where you can start to take control, right? Like where you start to go, I'm in more control of this than the anxiety or depression is. And then you know, maybe the food, the, the end result changes yeah. weight gain or your weight loss, or you feeling like crap after you've just, you know, doubled down on a whole package of Oreos and thought nothing of it, you know, like, which sounds delicious, but you're going to feel like shit afterwards. Right. right? Like, you know, but like, it's weird how it's, it's the gift that keeps on giving though. Cause you keep going back and back. Yep. And then once you just start, you know, like that's, those are the things I'm talking about. Like there are plenty of times when I've continued to eat those bad things you know, bad things, whatever, you know, label how you want to. In this case, it was something that I could not control. Now I'll label yeah. it as bad. But like, I'd sit there and go like, why are you doing this? Yeah. And the fact that I was asking that question, it didn't, it wasn't, didn't make a big deal if I stopped or didn't stop. Yeah. The, the, the uh, like benefit of it was that I stopped for a second and went, what's really going on? And the second you start asking those questions of yourself, you start having a little bit more awareness brought up. All right, yeah. I want to make a better decision because I don't want to feel this way. All right. Yeah. Well, I made the bad decision. I'm going to, okay. Well, at least I know another rep next time, you know, tomorrow's yep. another day, whatever it is. So it's pretty interesting. Um, I've always, I wanted, uh, go, ahead. Yeah, go on. No, you go ahead. No, I was, I was going to say two things that, uh, that what you just said, uh, triggered for me. Um, it, I've always, I've always told people that like, uh, Oh no, I just had it. Oh, my train of thoughts to board in the station. <laughs> Like it's, it's when you talked about, like when you were talking about, like you have to look back at like why things come about. That's a, that's a big one that I think people miss, especially with like mental illness. And I think it's because of how people treat like other illnesses, right? Like yeah. I have, I have a fever. I'm going to go get some NyQuil and just sleep it off. Right. It's, it's like the problem is, is that like detach. Yeah. They detach from it. And the problem with mental illness is that it's so much, it's, it's, it, it has deeper roots than that. Right, it grabs on, and it's from something. You, it's from something that has happened most like most often. Like for me, um, so I didn't know I had PTSD until about a year and a half ago. So it's okay. it's still pretty new for me, right? It was triggered by an event when I was nineteen, but about I want to say two or two and a half years ago, right? So about a year and a half or a year before I got diagnosed with it, I started having an uptick in panic attacks. Um, I also really love action movies. That's the thing my mom and I share. Um, like I, and me and my grandma too, actually, she was, a, I was in fifth grade. I was in, I was in fifth grade and she had a copy of the matrix and she said, don't tell your mom, I'm going to let you watch this, but you'll love this movie. <laughs> and love she showed movie. me, and she showed me the matrix. I love it. Um, but I started getting this big uptick in, um, panic attacks. And I was like, this is really weird. Like my, I'm a full-time, I've been a full-time coach for a while now. I feel great. I've got a really stable group. Like I've got a stable life. Like what's going on? Um, and it would always happen. I get really panicky around nine o'clock every night. Right. 
And it was weird. It was like, it was very strange. And then me and my girlfriend saw one of the John Wick movies and we came out and it was totally fine, but we came out right around nine o'clock and there's this bit, this big stimulation of violence. And then it's nine o'clock and I had a panic attack on the way home completely out of nowhere. And we had no huh. idea where it came from. And my panic attacks are pretty like, they're not running around screaming. They're just, they're really quiet. Just me kind of crying, just like sort of looking around, like really lo like looking for danger because that's what it is. Yeah. It's your fight or flight, your fight or flight is dumping and you're just like, you're too turned on. Um, and it's like, we get home and we just start thinking about it and thinking about it. And I had never considered that. Um, and this is going to sound like duh once I say it, but like when I was 19, um, this is not a thing a lot of like everybody knows. But when I was 19, my, uh, my mother's boyfriend at the time tried to kill me at our house, right? Wow. So I, we were, my mom and I were going through a weird phase where we were like, you know, I was a shitty 19-year-old. And she, <laughs> was, she, was in an, she was in a relationship that was really unhealthy, and I didn't know. Um, and so she was like, she was gone a lot because he was forcing her to be gone a lot, like emotionally, physically, all that kind of stuff. And so I gained a lot of resentment against it. And then one night I'm taking a shower at the house and I'm going to go out with my friends and my mom, I just hear my mom start like yelling right from the others from outside. And I'm like, what is, and I think she's laughing and I open the bat, I get out of the shower and I'm just in boxers and a t-shirt and I open the bathroom door and I'm like, what, like, wh what is <laughs> like, I'm taking a shower and she's on her knees in the hallway, weeping and screaming, make him leave, make him leave. Um, and he is, her boyfriend is down the hall he had, he'd been drinking. He was like, he was, he was drinking too much. He had a disorder that he did, wasn't taking his pills for. Um, and he was, he was high and he was just angry. But he, and I walked into her bedroom. He had just trashed like the bedroom. And I stood there for 45 minutes in that doorway with this guy, like spitting at me, throwing things at me, just trying to get him to leave, like talking to him. Like I'm talking to you, just like, Hey man, what's going on? Why is this happening? Like, what, what's wrong? Like I pushed my mom into my room and closed the door. And I'm like, and, and eventually I was just like, in my head, there was something in my head that was just like, just get him downstairs. Like, just get him downstairs. So I just thought I was like, Hey man, can we go talk about this downstairs? Like, listen, you've trashed this room. Let's go sit in the dining room and we'll talk about it. And I went to check, like he started yelling something and I went and checked on my mom. And when I came back, he was gone. So I thought he'd left. He had gone downstairs to the dining room and he was just in there trashing the dining room now. Mm. So I go down there and I'm standing, I'm standing there and my mom has started to say things about like, he hit me, he was choking me, like he was attacking her. He had, she hadn't said that before. So now I'm getting angry because I'm like, sure. this guy, and I didn't know about their relationship. Like this guy is hurting my mom. So I just started yelling at him. I was like, this is where the combative side came out, right? I was, I was like, you just, dude, I just need you. You need to get like, get the fuck out of my house. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like all this stuff. <laughs> and I'm just like, and there was this glass inlet in our, this glass cabinet that was in the wall. And he, uh, and he was standing next to it, like screaming at me. I remember just specifically the whole time he was spitting at me too. He would spit at me when he was mm -hmm. like, after he yelled at me, it was, it was, and he's like this big like army vet brick shit house of a guy and i'm like i'm like this 19 year old that like doesn't lift weights but has lost a lot of weight and has done like and i'm like this guy's gonna fucking murder me um and he tried right he i at one point he said something and i think i just said fuck you really loud and he that time didn't like it and uh and he and i said and he yelled he said he was gonna kill me and i said what are you gonna do and he put his head through that glass pane 
he just drove his face straight through the cabinet, started bleeding. And then he just charged me. He's just like, that's what I'm going to do. And now I'm going to, he's like, I'm going to fucking kill you. And he just charged at me. And my mom tried to get between us. It's the only time I've ever physically thrown a human through the air. Um, I just grabbed her and she's way smaller than me. I grabbed her and just threw into the living room. And as I turned back, he just started hitting me, right? He had made it across the room. He had me against the wall. He was hitting me, hitting me. Um, and maybe this isn't the kind of story for your podcast, but I'm pretty nah, dude, open. And I think, whatever, I, think it's, I think it's important. And he's just got me against the wall. He's got my, he's got his hand around my throat and I don't remember what it was, but I got my other, just, you go into survival mode, right? And just, I just like lizard brain. I just kind of shut, like, that's what people don't understand about like violence. I'll say that. Cause there's a difference between like agreeing to go outside with a guy behind a bar and actual violence. Like you're not, you're not, you're not thinking about it for the most part. So like, I remember I just brought my hand up and it blocked one of his thing. It blocked one of his punches. And apparently I hit him cause the next, cause the next thing I remember is he's on the dining room table. And he had this long hair and I grabbed him by the hair and I pulled him off the other side and got him against the wall. Um, he had one of his arms trapped underneath him cause I had my knee on his chest and he had his other arm in front of him like this, but I was heavy enough that he couldn't get up. So I just had him pinned in the corner of the wall on the floor and I'm just, I'm going to kill him. Like I'm on my way to killing this guy. Um, I'm like choking him. I'm punching him in the face. He's just busted open. Um, and strangely enough, my mother yelled my name. She yelled Christopher. And she yelled it in the way that she's only done it when she's worried or when she's mad. And she was worried. And I had this thought flash through my head that was like, if you kill him, you will change your life. You yeah. will change your mother's life. You will change your sister's life. All of your sisters, your whole family, you will change your friends' lives. It was, and I was like, you might not go to jail. You might not go to prison, but this will change you as a human. Um, and I remember instead, I just like, I don't know. I don't know why. Like it was some caveman. I needed him to know that I was letting him off. I remember I grabbed him by down by like the root of his hair and I just put his face like in mine and was just like, I just like growled at him or something. I just made this noise that I haven't been able to find again. And then, and then I, and then I let, and then I walked into the living room and got my mom. And I walked back in and he was pulling himself up and he's just bloody. And, and I said, you need, and I just said, you need to leave. That's all I said. I said, you need to leave. And he said, fuck you pussy. And I said, okay. So I went outside and I called the cops and he tried to fight. he, he, He tried to fight the cops and they, they beat him up more. But at one point when I, when I called the cops at any given time in Huntington, West Virginia, there are seven police officers on duty. All seven cops showed up. Wow. Um, and it was fun. It's not funny, but it's funny looking back on it because the cops, the first two cops to get there, they walked up to me and I was in the driveway and I was like, hi, I was like, cause like, I'm not, it's not processing at all what has just occurred. Right. Right. So I'm like, hi, he's inside. And they walked up to me and they both had their hands on their guns and their holsters were were unlatched. And they said, what happened here? And I didn't know what they were talking about. And then I looked down and I'm just covered in his blood. (laughs) I've got his blood all over me. My hands, my, my knuckles are busted open. I'm covered. I'm just, I'm just like, and I'm like, I look like I just, I look like a serial killer. Um, so what had happened was that had happened and I had immediately gone into the mode of just handling things for the rest of the night. I had 
I had like gone to the jail, gone to the hospital. Like I had just gone into the process of not having a minute to sit down and think about it. And then the next day I got up and went like, I got up and like had to go like, uh, I can't remember. I had something to do the next day that was going to take all day. So I just got, I didn't have a chance to sit down and think about it. And I never came back to sitting down and thinking about it. And it just buried itself in my brain. And for some reason, a couple years later, it just started coming back up because I started having dreams about it again. And I started getting really worried about it again. Um, and also I saw him out in public. He, the guy didn't see me, but I saw him walking around. Um, and it had just or back to the surface. It had just done something that brought it back, man. And that's what people don't like know about. That's what people don't get about this stuff is like, you have to like, you don't have, you shouldn't always worry about it. It shouldn't always be on your mind, but there comes a point when like you have to sit down and be willing to deal with the things that are in your head oh, or dude. they're never going to get it, dealt with. Right. And sorry, I know that was a long story, but no, like, it's, it, yeah. it is one of those things that at some point, like, yeah, you don't have to deal with things right off the bat, but at some point you do have to deep dive into it and, and yeah. what, you know, not even understand it, but just be aware that it's there because mm -hmm. Those things, even though you don't think about them on a daily basis, are running you, and yep. in some way they are. And then for your, in your case, like it wasn't all that long after, you know, yep. even if it's a couple of years, but it, yep. it's still not that very, not that long. But it starts manifesting again. It yeah, it does. And something even similar that just makes you put your body in that position where you're like, is this the same thing? And you yep. don't even know what the same thing is. It just puts you back in that spot, and then yep. there, the habits. It's just. Um, it's so much of like peeling back those layers, man. You yep. know, we talk just talking about like the why is something happening. You don't have to know what's happening from when you were two years old. You just have to know like what happened an hour ago before before I did X, Y, and Z. You know, and and then you yep. pull that layer back, and then the layers start getting deeper. And it sounds exhausting, and it can be. Oh, it it totally is. Well, like it's it's completely then, exhausting for people. But then all of a sudden you start getting the space. Mm -hmm. and you're like, oh man. I got a lot more energy. I got a lot more free. Yep. Like I'm, I'm thinking about things I want to think about now. Like it's, it's, and you pretty, start uh, to know it's, you start to know it's tricks. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like 100%. you start, you start to know how to, that's always how I've said it. Like how does depression, anxiety, how does all the bullshit in your head, how does it slither its way into your day? Yeah, you start to get, yeah, you start to catch it. Right. You start, you start to be like, nope, nope. That's last time that happened. I know what you're doing. And that's like a frustrating part about understanding your mental illness. Like I've got a really big grasp on mine. Like I understand mine's tricks. Uh, like, it's annoying because I'll feel like I'll be like, I'm anxious, but I know this is what it is and I know why it is. And I'm just going through my process and here I go. Here's my dogs and my cats. I'm writing. I'm like, <laughs> I feel, I'm, I feel better, but my brain's still like, but you should be anxious. It's right, like, I'm right, just having yeah. my day and it's still there. Right. But and yeah, it is, it is pretty crazy. Um, well, let's say we got a little bit of time here left. Uh, let's, let's talk about the body dysmorphia. Yeah. Um, so I think that this will be a real cool topic. Um, I myself struggle with body image, have all my life and I've, I guess I've become more aware of it in the last few years. Um, mm -hmm. and kind of like, in a way, kind of uh, relating my self-worth to body image, Yeah. you know, like, uh, you're never going to get this job. You're never going to you know, people aren't, you're not going to be in this group of friends or people just aren't going to trust what you say. And I still struggle with that to this day that yeah. it holds me back to in a whole lot of ways. I don't think it's just the body image issue. Um, but I know that in, in big ways, it, these, this is something, you know, I remember being called fat boy when I was in first grade in the soccer field and like, I was a bigger kid, but 
yeah i mean how fat was i, I don't know i mean like yeah. I'm, i don't consider myself fat now but i still like i guess not so my wife and i was like ah oh, man i'm fat you know and like <laughs> half it's like a joke and then half it's like ah, and you could have made so many other decisions in your life and done yeah. this that and and it's not here it's or a there, spiral it's a spiral it, it's it's it is a real thing in in society um and and i think that something I've struggled with is bringing it to the attention in, in the podcast. It's something that's made me really insecure about writing about when I do post something mm -hmm. um, because I don't want to feel like I'm pussifying men. And, you know, I'm, I'm like stuck in this weird spot of like, you know, I don't think that man and woman are two separate things. I think that they can mm -hmm. coexist and yeah. Okay. Certain things that this is going to happen. Fine. I'm not going to argue everything, but there yeah. is this feminine side of men that we don't usually get. Yes. And it's for me, it's finding some kind of connection with how do we emphasize the feminine without taking away from that, that masculinity of like, you can still be the you know rough, tough, but like the sensitive side of things doesn't pussify as I've like tried, you know, that's the ego coming in. They're trying to derail yeah, anything that yeah. you feel good about. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and those are things that I've struggled with, but the body dysmorphia, man, I've, I've definitely related my self-worth to what I look like. And of with body dysmorphia, um, you've, you, I have a, I have a quote here, just losing weight and not building parts of self Yeah. in, in the kind of the misnomer there of like, what's, what's wrong with that. And it's not about the weight loss as much as like, maybe your health might be dependent on weight loss. You know, like yeah. you're, you're 200 pounds overweight. There is a real necessity to get 200 pounds off of you. Yes. But also your self-worth isn't established on that. Your health yep. may be, but your self-worth is not. And I think that's where the body positive community kind of misspins this a little bit or is uh, misguided. And I like the way mm -hmm. you put that, but let's just kind of talk down about like body dysmorphia and let's relate that into the strength conditioning a little bit um, yeah. and how you've seen it and, and how you think it should be handled. I think, so I think for me, I think the, uh, the big thing that I missed for a really long time is that number one from a practicality standpoint just losing weight didn't didn't let me do anything right does that like so from like from like a training standpoint me losing 200 pounds was awesome but when i started crossfit and i lost so much weight i could not deadlift my body weight i weighed mm -hmm. 190 pounds and i couldn't pick it up off the ground and i remember being so angry about it right and it was one of the first times that i realized that like i've spent all this time just like losing like just losing and I haven't gained anything. I was like, and I started like, I started like, I had timed like a mile, like one time before, like a year prior when I was like, still like, I think I, I had a really good year where I lost like 50 pounds, right? The last 50 pounds I lost in like a year and I had timed a mile and then I timed it again and my mile time wasn't better. And I was like, you're telling me that 50 pounds in a year and I'm not better. Like, and it was one of the first times that I ever, I didn't know it was called like a performance marker or performance metric or whatever you want to call it. But like, it was the first time that I really noticed that I was like, I'm not improving at anything. I'm just small. Um, and that's one of the big things, man, that I think that I think people miss. Like, that's like when, when people say they don't think that like muscular women are attractive. I'm like, what the fuck's wrong with you? I'm like, I'm like, that, that's a person that can do something. Like, that's a person that's like, that's strong and has been committed to something. Like, what do you mean you don't find that attractive? Right. But it is people come, people always come back to what do you look like? And, and I don't think, I don't think that people intend for their self-worth to come back to what they look like to the outside world. I think the outside world gives you so, like pushes what they think your worth is to them on you that you just take it on. 
um, it's like, it's kind of like that thing I said earlier, like my health isn't about me. My health is about the people I love around me. Sure. Your self, your self worth is like the inverse of that. It should be about you, not about what other people see in you. Right. That, in my opinion, anyway, like it, it, losing, it's, um, go ahead. What it, you just kind of said it and like, when you, when you have this, I don't want to say it this way. There's a level of intelligence about self and about the world that mm-hmm. I feel like not anybody can have this, but I feel like people that have really struggled with themselves mentally yes. start yeah. to recognize from an early age how things work. And I mean that in a way of like, it's definitely there, but it doesn't have to be this way. And, yeah. But you, it's just easier to go like, well, I'm not ripped up. So why would that girl like me? Or why would I be successful in this career or that? Exactly. You know, like I walk around and go like, well, I'm not ripped up. So why is anybody going to trust me about nutrition or mm-hmm. lifting advice? Or I don't run a four, four forty. And like, but then you take out the extremes of that and you go, okay, well, number one, some people are just built that way and yep. they don't have to really work that hard for it. Other people do work very hard for it, but they don't yep. want to live that way year round. So there's an extreme that's, it's, it's, it's this expectation that is it realistic? For a point in time, but mm-hmm. not not to live your life around. The other side of it is your worth. Now, yeah, obviously, and you're talking about there's an attraction in all things to that people are drawn to you. Mm-hmm. And obviously, the easy thing to do is is physical. And so there is something to like you want to look healthy, but yeah. that doesn't mean six percent body fat with chiseled chest and abs. Like it could just mean that you walk around carrying yourself a particular way in a healthy body or, you know, a more healthy body, you know, where you're just not in your case, you weren't 410 pounds, you know, like you could, you cry carried yourself differently at 300 than you did 400 and it made a world of difference in so many ways. And so it's really kind of, again, it's that balancing act of like, does it matter? Uh, Yeah. In some way, these are the things that are, this is the first thing we see. Mm -hmm. Now is that the end all be all? No, it's, it's, often the last thing we're thinking about when we're dealing with something difficult, you know, yeah. like, you know, and you, that's, you begin a fight with a business partner or something and you're like, I'm not thinking about this guy's some fat ass or some chisel up dude. I'm thinking about why can't you run your friggin' business properly? Yes. You exactly. know, it's, uh, it's, it's weird how we marry particular thought processes in our head. And mm-hmm. it's weird how it's in our case, um, when you are dealing with more of an anxious, uh, depressive state or habit, how we would like to go to that negative side and just go, you know what, dump, dump the fuel on fire, baby. Let's roll. Yep. Yeah, man. Uh, and, and it's, it's, it's a, it, that's where the sickness that's, that's where like, that's not like going through, I lost my job or having a bad day is that's yeah. like, all right, I lost my job having a bad day, went into Tuesday to Wednesday to Thursday. And then you start having the same thoughts and you keep piling on. You're like, Oh shit. Yeah. Now we're talking about sickness and, yes. and just like anything else it takes work to get out of. Yeah. And I think, I think a big thing that I think a big thing that people miss is that they think that I think that so people assume that supporting the idea that body positivity means that you're supporting people that are unhealthy and they're not the same thing, right? Like it's, it's not, they both are kind of, it's, it's all kind of encompassed in that phrase, but like, they're not the same thing when you get like into the details of it. I'm not going to treat somebody like, I'm not going to treat somebody differently just because 
they're overweight and unhealthy. And I'm not going to assume that like, I'm not going to tell that person or think that that person doesn't deserve like as much happiness as the next guy in line. Right. And I think that that's, that's the big thing that people miss is like, you're not supporting the fact that they're unhealthy, but a, a person that thinks that like they're hated by the world is never going to take the time. Like, why the fuck would you bother? Right. Like, that's why it took me so long. Like, why the fuck would I bother if people are just kicking my ass in bathrooms and like calling me a fat ass? Like, nobody sure. seems to want me here anyway, so why should I give a shit? And then people are like, you should give a shit because like, you care about yourself. It's like, then tell me to care about myself. <laughs> like, don't just be like, hey, why are we endorsing this? It's like, I, I honestly, I will ne I'll never endorse somebody being unhealthy. Like, I'll never support that, Right. Um, what people do with their bodies, their business, but I myself will never give my stamp of approval to someone that knowingly is being like unhealthy. Does that make sense? Yeah. It, it's like, but I will always let people know that like, you're a lot more than what you do in the gym and on the road and in a, like you're more than what you do in a bar. Like you're more, you're more than all of that stuff. You, there is so much more to people than just what they look like. And that's why I think that like, that's why I think some of the criticisms of, like the body positivity movement that like we've found ourselves in the last couple of years are, are kind of like, they're a little nitpicky or they're a little silly. It's like, Hey man, you can think whatever you want, but at the end of the day, like people are really just saying that like, can't you like Lizzo's music, even though she's overweight, like she's still doing something that's hard. She's still dancing her ass off. Like, and, and it, like it's, it looks, I love Lizzo too. And it looks cool and it looks really difficult. And it looks like it looks, her shows look like athletic. Right. And also, I don't know, man, maybe she is overweight. Maybe she's just built that way. Like I, and if she is overweight, I would, I'm not going to support people being like unhealthy, but I will totally support somebody loving themselves. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Regardless, yeah. because that's, that's, it's like, it's like, it's like my mother, the first coach I ever had, my mother told me, right. She's like, you had finally gotten to a place where you yourself loved yourself to get healthy. And all, all that you can do outside of that is support somebody to that end goal. And I think you get a lot further along supporting people to positive end goals with positivity instead of negativity, right? That's also just me. I know a lot of people like love to be berated and yelled at. I'm not one of those people like in the weight room. I don't like that kind of stuff. Um, that doesn't motivate me. Um, but yeah, man, like just with firsthand experience, I know that the people I still speak to are the ones that are pot that were positive about every iteration of my body, right? Or the ones yeah. that still speak to me, right? Yeah, and, and I think very few people actually enjoy being belittled to make progress. Um, yeah. I think that a lot of people that do like it, I don't think they actually really do. I think it's just something they've become accustomed to. And, and really like what they need is, they is a, you know, like a, again, like a balance between it. The, the body positive thing is a really hard thing. I think it's situational. Like, I mean, mm -hmm. it's a cop out, but like, there's no right or wrong answer. Yeah. You know what? I know people that are overweight that love themselves. I'm like, Hey, good for you on the loving yourself part. But then I yeah. have to sit back and go like, listen, I know how your lifestyle is. I know that yeah. you're out boozing every night. I know you. And like, this has yes. nothing to do with you being fat. It has everything to do with behaviors that have led you to become bigger. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying you need to be, you know, the next CrossFit games athlete or on stage in a bikini or, you know, in your, your speedo, but like, we can look at the same way I would ask somebody to look at me and go to your, your habits, man. Yeah. You're not, you're not helping yourself. Your portion part of you being miserable is some of the crappy habits you have where you just bury yourself in, in this at night and that, and like you need to find a way to escape one or two of those things from time to time and come up for air 
and, and yeah. just see what it see what a deep breath feels like and yeah. then go but like at no point is it a matter of like if you love yourself that dude that's the hardest thing in the world i think uh because oh, there's so many sure. there's so many voices and so many things pulling us in different directions from the social media to just the way society treats individuals based on superficial situations and we're all guilty right like i mean yeah. like we are all guilty but when you start getting deep down into it you're like that everybody's hurting with something and everybody's got something that feels good to them and it's a man a matter of like understanding the relationship between the two mm-hmm. and making sure that you're not feeling like crap because of crap you're, you're doing yeah you, you know like there's this in that that's, that's fourth action and that's what I, that's what I think I was like, try, I think you just put it really well. Like I, I can't, I can't, I'm not going to, I don't want to watch somebody eat themselves into worse health for, it's almost like, I'm not going to watch somebody eat themselves into worse health, worse health just for the trade off of like, like loving yourself more. It's like, are you going to, you're going to love yourself to an early death. And now you know, yeah. And it's like, it's like, I, I don't know, man, like there, there are markers for each individual person, right? There are markers for health for each individual person. And I agree with you. Like I am not some shredded up monster, right? I am not a hyper lean guy. Um, I have loose skin. I have like, I, Oh, I have a tendency to carry extra weight. Um, and you know, like I've fucking had people like even bosses try to tell me that like, Hey, you need to lose weight. So you look more like a coach. Like this was after I've lost 200 pounds. And I was like, Jeez. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Um, cause nobody cares what I, nobody cared what I looked like. Everybody cared that I was the, that I was the strongest guy there. But right? everyone liked that. I tried in class. Everybody liked that. I was like encouraging. Right. And that yeah. I, and that I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. That's what people gave a shit about. No one cared that the other coaches took their shirts off and had abs and that I would work out with a shirt on. Right. And like, I work out with a shirt on cause I have loose skin. And I don't really want to get it removed, but I don't really want it just like flapping around because it rubs and it feels weird. <laughs> it's yeah. like, sorry, dude. dude it's it is, it is. It's a yeah. tough thing because like I, I just never really been that confident in myself to be in those situations. And, yeah, and it's, I've also developed those definitions of what I can bring to the table. Now, I, I can sit there and be like, well, I'm the smartest person in the, wor- the room, but mm-hmm. I look this way. And so yep. all of a sudden I'm no longer the smartest person. I don't have anything to contribute. So I just sit back and go, yep, you just listen here and you just hide mm-hmm. and you do, you know, you just don't make any, but then I've, you know, coaching, I've been coaching for you know, over a decade now and it's, I lose myself in those things. Yeah. You know, when I'm very rarely do I find myself when I'm coaching, going down a rabbit hole while I'm coaching of like, you're an idiot, you're fat, yeah. you know, like every once in a while, like you sit down and demonstrate something, you're like, Ooh man, I can feel I feel the stomach come over the waistband. But the reality oh, is, that, is. Like, <laughs> almost everybody that sits down has something coming over the waistband, man. Like this yes. is how it works. Yeah. Uh, so it is pretty interesting. It's I it's I don't personally, maybe I need to do a better job of this, but I don't when I'm in a, a coaching situation and you've got them a bigger human being trying to make changes. I don't usually see, you know, I see their limitations because of, okay, well, it's just, there are going to be limitations, fine. But I don't generally worry so much about them as much as I worry about the person I see in the gym nonstop for hours on end, uncontrollably exercising and like all these other issues. I'm like, man, you know, 100%. like it's almost the way where I'm like, I'd rather you be the big dude yes. and we can work on some things and it can come yep. off slowly, but surely, but like, 
how do you like it's it's this weird thing that I don't I probably don't put the same energy into the the worry. I don't know worry is probably not the right word, but to the bigger folks that I do, the people that are just they're just running themselves sick and you're like, well gosh, from a principal standpoint of strength conditioning, you're just outside of your mind, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, man. As a and coach, it's... I'm not comfortable with this. But then from a health standpoint, I look at you and go, What's going on? Mm-hmm. Like there's something think, driving you right now. It's not not good. Yeah, and I think that that's I think that's actually where some of the uh, that's where a lot of the confusion, like we've like we've touched on a couple times, like so far, is like that idea that like that like skinny is equal to health, right? Skinny is equal to healthy, or abs is equal to fit, and it's like no, it's not. I've no man. I used to be diehard CrossFit till my eyes bleed and there would be people with like chiseled up abs that I would kick their fucking asses at workouts. Like it's a, <laughs> it says show, show and go are two very different things. Yeah. And I'm a very, I'm a very, I am par for the course when it comes to fitness. I am nothing special, but like, man, I think that's where a lot of it comes from is, is that kind of mentality of just like, I have to look a certain way or like, I have to do more more, 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 more. If I do more fitness, if I do more wads, if I like, if I do an extra like clean and jerk session, right, that'll be the thing that pushes me over the edge and I'll be so much better for it. And it's like, no, 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 it's not like consistent work over time is what's going to make you better for it. Sure. Um, and I, anyone that follows me on social media knows that I rant about that all the time. Um, that's my biggest issue with, uh, with. I will say that's my biggest issue with the CrossFit space right now is the, is this request for volume from people, um, that doesn't necessarily, that's gone down, that's gone down some, um, but there's just never enough. Yeah. It's like people, people are never satisfied with it. People are never satisfied with it. Like, it's like, I'm not going to do, I'm not going to do my field strong work plus go to jujitsu, plus come back and do comp train, plus do like some gymnastics worse, plus whatever fancy other bullshit I can find. Like I used to do that kind of stuff. And yeah. you know what it did? Like it, like it got me to the point that like my knee, like, cause I have a really bad knee injury. Um, or I did, um, like it just was always swollen. I would go into the bathroom between classes and cry cause it hurt so bad and I couldn't do anything. Right. And my back yeah. was always on fire. Like I'd have to sit down to coach cause I just couldn't stand being on my feet. Um, but yeah, and I feel like like with what you said about like having like that kind of person, like a bigger person in class, it's like it's amazing to me that like it's amazing to me kind of like the humility that somebody that is super overweight that comes to class often will have mm-hmm. because they have made a decision. They've gone on their first run, right? Relating it back to my story, they've just, they have made the decision to go on their first run. They don't know how it's going to go, but they're here. Like for me, it's like man whatever your stance on body positivity or health or wellness or fitness, you've got to fucking respect it. Right? There's and a vulnerability in, in that crap. In, 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 in those moments, I think, I think if you're not, if you can't respect the shit out of someone, like I've met coaches that like somebody like walks in and they're just like, how can you get to that point? Like not to them, but just saying it. I'm like, why is that even on your fucking mind? Oh, how like, do we help them get to a different like, point they want to? Yeah, it's like, why is that a thing you're even thinking? Like, that person just rolled into a place where they're assuming that everybody in here is some fucking shredded up monster that's going to, like, tear them apart. Like, just be nice. Like, just be nice and respect it and, like, do what you can to help them, man. Like, I think – Dude, I'm always drawn – I'm always drawn to those people, specifically when I was in, like, more of the CrossFit um, uh, arena. I was always drawn to them because the hardest thing about CrossFit – other than trying to coach it to a, a, a 
standard that <laughs> makes sense um, yeah. is is getting people into the door because they see, they go on to YouTube and they see Rich Froning and muscle ups mm -hmm. and they're like, how do I do that? And you're like, can you do a pull up? No, yeah. no, yeah, we start there, you know, like, can you, can you yeah. run the mile? Can you run a half mile? And these people, they've, they've taken their guard down. I know for me, when I go in anywhere, a lot of my anxiety is about showing up somewhere. Once I'm in yeah. there, I'm like, ah, screw it, dude. Let me talk to somebody. I'm good to go. <laughs> that's my anxiety every like, year I go to the symposium. Yeah, dude. Like I, I feel and like that's a measure, community of the people dumbest, that I know. Yep. Yeah, like I'm gonna be the dumbest person here. I don't want to make mistakes. Dude. I, I'm, I am like the duck on water. Everybody's like, yeah. "Oh, you're calm and confident." I'm like, "No, on the inside, there are there's. I am going a hundred miles a minute." And like yeah. I joke, like you know, if I go somewhere with friends, my nerves yeah. aren't about going somewhere with my friends. It's about finding the parking spot of where I'm going. Like, yeah. oh, is there gonna be parking here? I got park in the street. I hate this. And it's when these these people that are have put themselves in a position where they are the obese community or whatever, when they come in, it's so much easier to just go up and go, what's going on, dude? We're yep. glad to have you in here. Don't address it. Right. Like welcome Don't in. Address There's it. no reason for you to overthink this thing. I want you to function, focus on moving well. And when you need to stop, you stop. And then when you're ready to get going, you get going again. I know yep. what you're going. I, I know where your mind is at and fine, be there. But like the rest of this place, they don't matter and they're actually going to probably fall in love with you because of your vulnerability, not because yes. you deadlifted a hundred pounds heavier than somebody else. like because of your vulnerability to walk in and go, dude, I feel fat and I want to feel less fat. Mm -hmm. Awesome. We're here to help you. You know, the same way that someone comes in and goes, I'm a skinny hundred pound kid. I want to be 200 pounds and shredded. Great, dude. We're here to help you. Yeah. Let's, let's see what we can do for it and let's find a way to do it. But it's, and um, I was, we, it going good. I was just going to say, I think that, that that's a really big mistake that like I see that I've seen in the CrossFit space at least. Cause I, I'll be honest, I've only ever coached in CrossFit gyms. Like yeah. the two gyms I coach at now we coach it's CrossFit. Like we're both CrossFit gyms. We do, we like kind of specialize in athlete strength and conditioning. Um, we follow a very West side conjugate method, right? Um, all of our conditioning is kind of like power athlete based is what I would call it. Um, but, uh, but we like, I see so many coaches, not at these gyms, but like the, some of the gyms I've worked at before, like they come in and when people are overweight, like they just shove them in the corner with a coach and they're just like, because they're, they're, they're like, yeah. And they're like, they're like, they're like, they just need more one-on-one -on -one attention. And I'm like, the fuck they do. And also they might, but you don't have 50 people in class. It's, You're telling they're me no, that they're you no can't different have them in class? Yeah, they're, they're no different than the schmuck that's never lifted a barbell off the ground coming into class, whether they're whatever they exactly. Like. They're just here. And man, I, I always try, try to, to put them. They always they always tend to find their way into the corner because they don't want to yeah. inconvenience anybody. I'm always like, like oh, come here, come on in here, come stand and next it's to me. Like, and it's <laughs> like, and and I totally I get where coaches are coming from when they say that. Um, but it's also like, man, like barring like some really severe issue, like, like. I've met so many people that like I've had, I've had people come up to me and thank me for the fact that they didn't just like put me in the corner like another yeah. coach did because well, they're just I like, too, when I'm they're just like when I don't want to be about it. They're like, I want to yeah. be a part of class. So, like that's why I'm and here. I like, know my weakness. Feel... Go ahead. So, my weakness when I was coaching was anybody that got in the corner, I'd be like, dude, I'm forgetting about the corner. I can see mm -hmm. you, but I forget to walk over to the corner. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like I'd always be like, shit, I totally neglected the corner. Yeah, man. And I, and I like say like, I can't, yeah, get the fuck out. Like I can't, I can't explain like, it's so weird. Cause when you're that overweight, like, like for me at least, like I can't explain how alienated you feel. You feel so not at home in your own body. There's no yeah. reason to alienate people more. Right. Well, and that's it's a big funny you say that because like, even, even like 
I'm not, you know, I'm overweight. I don't know. I am what I am. I am mm. relatively fit, fine, whatever. But like, even when I, I, go I to would stuff say, like, I would say relatively like, fit. <laughs> <laughs> like when we go to stuff like power athlete, I still, I find a way to hide mm-hmm. instead of just going like, I don't know, here's my thoughts. So what if you don't like it? Yeah. You know, like here's my thoughts. So what I'm wrong. Someone's going to tell you like, Oh, here's this. Huh. Yep. Think about that way. Great. But there's the anxiety of it of like, I'm the fat guy. I'm the stu- stupid guy. I don't belong here. And you're like, dude, you went through the yep. process of being here like everybody else did. And like what someone else might be really good at, you mm-hmm. might be really bad at and vice versa. <laughs> and it was, it was fun. It's funny you say that because at my, um, at my block, at my block one weekend, right? Um, it's like, I was so like, you know, like they, I don't know what they did. Everybody else's at ours. So we just waited outside and like hung out yeah. and then they would call yeah, us in the building and review us. Um, but like, man, when we went, I was, I was like, I'm going to sit out here for like two hours and just get stressed and anxious. And then the second the text came out, I was like, Chris, and I was like, Oh shit. It was the yeah. second dude that got called. So I'm either, um, I'm really pumped for the rest of the night and the next day, yeah, or I'll be really fucking butthurt. And, and, I, and I just, and I just walked in and I was like, I just walked in. I was like, Oh God, Oh God. But I sat down and, and it was, um, I had gotten this tattoo on my hand, right. That weekend, that same weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember and, you actually uh, posted about that. Yeah. And John, John asked me about it and all this stuff. And like, they were just, it was John and John and Tex and Ben Scott and Nick were sitting there and they asked me about it and let me talk about like, I've got three bears on my arm. It's like me. I'm like, there's a cub, a mom, and then like, or like a adult and then another adult down here an angry mom. It's like, it's me, my sister, Jordan and my mom. Right. And just raised, I just told them all that. And they were talking about like, and I had had a long conversation with John kind of like this one a little bit, like just talking about my, like my life and stuff at one point. And Skutnik said something that like really kind of resonated with me and hit home. And like, um, and Luke had made a comment earlier at like the first day about like that, like, you know, it's really clear from like my social media, like I help people. Right. And like the way people interact with me on social media, you can tell that I bring value to them. And I was like, Oh, that's really humbling to hear. Cause I respect the fuck out of you. Um, but Ben made the comment. He's like, he's like, man, he's like, don't, he's like, don't always be so concerned about letting other people talk. He, he was like, he's like, he's like, and don't let people talk over you. He's like, he's like, you're really smart and you're a good. He's like, you're a good coach. That's you know? interesting. He, yeah. He's like, he's like, and you're a good coach. He's like, don't let people talk over you and don't recede into yourself just because somebody else is making a point. And I was like, I hit, got it. I got had like it. the complete opposite experience of you. And like, obviously one of our, our things about being in the in block one is that we're not going to, we don't say too much about it, mm-hmm. but that's all I, I want to say about it. But. I, right. And like, I went into the super anxious because since 2010, the CrossFit football community and, and now Power Athlete mm-hmm. is something that I like held on to dearly for a long time. And I, yeah. I put off going to the, you know, the CrossFit football search because I'm like, I don't belong there. I don't want to spend the money, blah, 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 right? And then finally, I finished the, the methodology course online and I was like, dude, you've come this way. You've always wanted to be a part of this community. Go do it. And the worst yep. thing that happens, you got to come home and figure out how to pay for it again. Go back to it. Right. And so like, I went in there super anxious, man. Like I've, I don't think I've ever been so anxious for a a performance in a way. Yeah. So we, you know, we start going through it and the guys, the the house are awesome. Like, you know, we, we call it the Mary's house and, and we went through this whole thing and we had the round table and I didn't think I was talking any more than the next guy, you know, guy next to me and whatever. And, and then I went into, you know, do the, you know, another portion of it. And I thought I bombed it and which I did, I was the last person on the day to do this in particular stuff. And and then you're right. They set you down. Yeah. I'm sitting there thinking like, I don't know. On one hand, I want to be done with this right away. Let me be the first person. 
Or on the other hand, like, let me be the last person. So when this goes, because I was, I was so sure that I did not pass. I was like, let me be the last person. So that, like, nobody's paying attention when I come out with nothing in my hand. It's not embarrassing, right? And the funny part is the first, I don't, I don't remember who the first person was that came out without one, but everybody just kind of was like, ah, oh, dude, man, that's too bad. Like, you should, de- like, definitely you should just, what do you need? If you need help, like, ask one of us. Like, we're all, like, it's hard to pass these things. It's not that yeah. you don't define them by like, Oh, you pass or you didn't pass. It was like, Oh man, dude, I know you put a ton of effort in this. That sucks. I'm sorry. And yeah. It's like, but like, but like at the same time, like let's get it up. So I had the opposite experience. Cause I was one of the, probably the last like five or six people uh, to be called in. And I remember walking in and just being so convinced, like, dude, it's over. I don't have yeah. this thing. It's like, you know, quote unquote wasted trip. And I sat down and John was like super nice to me. And I'm like, Mm-hmm. all right he's he's just letting me down softly you know like yeah uh, right like you're like, you're like text, okay, he's, talking, he's asking about my tattoo just to be nice and just yeah like, i'm like damn dude this is this is not the john i've gotten to know over the podcast that's for sure and like yeah you know and and then tex was just drilling me and john like looked at him and was like chill out dude i thought he did a good job and i was like oh and then ben said something and he goes and john was like how did you feel like brian did with this and ben ben said something like man talk about an alpha he's like almost talk too much and i was like i was thrown off by it because i was like dude do you know i'm the kid that walked in here going hide me fucking hide yeah. me you know yeah. like, i'm only going to talk enough that you like think that i know enough about what i'm doing but also i'm not going to be in the middle of this thing like being like everybody look at me and when he said that i was like dude you need to find some confidence about what you do because clearly other people that you respect john tex luke ben the fellow block ones and people that you've worked with they believe in you mm-hmm. and so like that was kind of no it's not perfect it's still something i struggle with but like it was something that i still go back to that day i look at that block and i think about those things and i go oh man these are deep-seated issues with you this has nothing to do with the rest of the world and how they view you this has everything to do with how you view yourself yep you know? and it was like i remember because my my, I got my block and then a few months later was the symposium. And like, I remember I made it a rule when I went to the symposium, I was like, you're talking at every practical. Yeah. I was like, I don't care if you ask a question to every speaker. And I don't know if I asked any speakers a question. I don't, I don't, I don't remember if I did, if I did, because everybody was just like, I was just, I was just like, wow, that was blew my brain in half. Um, every speaker was, every speaker was awesome. Um, I talked to Raph afterwards. I remember I talked to him. I talked to Rob Wolf at one point. Um, but I, at every practical station I talked I, or I spoke and I asked questions and I communicated with people around me and it just like, it's so weird. Cause when I'm in a coaching role, like, and I remember saying that at my block one, like when I'm in a coaching role and in a class, I don't, I, I'm not like that. Like no, I, I own the room. I, I absolutely I own the room. talk and talk and talk. But as soon as it comes like to one of those like situations, like, I don't know if it's that, like, it's just people that I really respect. Um, Cause like, it's not, a, it's not like, it's not an age thing. Cause there are plenty of people that are older than me that I've been like, no, I, no, I don't think so. Um, right. Like, I think it's just like a respect and an admiration and just like, Hey man, I just, yeah. I, I'm, it, ju- I'm just here for this. I believe in it. I respect you. I don't want to fuck it up. Like, and it, it's, yeah, it's there's, like, there's, there's yeah. a level of not good enough for me that I look at for and go sure. like, what the hell am I going to ask them? They're going to be like, this kid's an idiot. But the reality is like any question they're going to be like, dude, let's help you along the way. Yeah, you know, like right. I, it, I remember, it, I remember at my block when we, you know, ours we had a speaker and he was a relationships guy, and it was like, mm-hmm. son of a bitch, dude, everything is literally aligning right now. And yeah. I remember sitting there like for a long time, like I have a question for him, but I'm, I don't want to answer, ask it. I'm going to be judged, blah blah blah. And finally, I just went, bam, hand up. Yep. And I asked him, it was about 
mental health and suicide and head injuries with our athletes and these relationships. And he just straight up told me, he, John knows nothing. John Howard knows nothing of me. Mm. And, and he goes, well, it sounds like you'd be the expert in that one. He yeah. goes, maybe, maybe you need to have a podcast about these things or maybe, and I was like, well, I do, <laughs> you know, like I was like, Oh, son of a bitch. But then more than that was that three or four guys in the, in the, in the, in our group literally stood up and went, well, yeah, I wonder about this and this. And they built on the question. And I was like, ah, oh, man, there's, there's actually more necessity to these topics, the mental health, the, the body image, the body dysmorphia, the like deep seated issues that we're not talking about that, yeah. that like, maybe that's my purpose and, and where we need to go with this. And, and I feel like maybe that, um, it sounds like it resonates with where you get your coaching passion from. And uh, it, it absolutely you know, is. It's, it's the itch you have to scratch for yourself. And for me, it's I a hard was, thing to accept. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know why yet, but it's something that I'm kind of getting ready to put my head into and, and really like dive down and just see where it takes me. But um, yeah, it's, I it's a want, weird gift. I always wanted people, I always wanted people to like kind of understand that coaching, coaching's a job. And I think you should be passionate about it if you're going to do it. And I, and I am kind of a hard ass about that. Um, I, I think that there are a lot of lazy coaches in the world. I don't, and I don't like it. I think there's an extremely low barrier to entry with like in quotes, coaching or training. Right. Um, and it bothers me because I want this to be, this is a profession. This is my profession. This is all I do. It's all I've done for a while. Um, I take it extremely seriously. Um, as anyone that knows me know or follows me on any social media knows, um, I, but I want, I also think it's really important for people to realize, like, that's why I think it bothers me so much when coaches are so concerned about starting the clock, the clock ending so they can get back to their workout. Because I'm like, this isn't about you. Like, this is not about you. Like, I think it's really important for people to know when they walk into the gym that, like, this is a professional doing their job and their job is to help me and their job is to provide, like, insight, coaching, knowledge, like, and guidance even, right? Like coaching is basically is also like, I've found at least like in my experience, it's also like being a therapist. hundred percent. Right. It's like, it's like, that's your job as a coach. And it's, 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 it, that's what I want people to kind of realize when they walk into the gym. And that's, I don't know, man, that's, I, I was, I was going to piggyback on something you said and I can't remember now, really, but that's, <laughs> that's just, that's, yeah, that's just a big thing that I feel, but, that, but that's okay. But that's what I was going to say. I, and that's one of the reasons that I like the fact that I've never been an athlete. And that's why I like the fact the the direction that I come from uh, and got into coaching, none of it is from an athletic background and none of it's for an athletic purpose. It's not, it's, I'm not an athlete that really just wants to keep training or that wants to help people be good at a sport. I'm a guy that was told you're going to die, right? You need to be healthy. Um, I want to give that back to people, right? Cause that feels so good. And if along the way I can help build a couple, like a bunch of hard charging fucking athletes that tear through dudes on the field. Awesome. Sweet. Right. I love it. That's so cool. Um, it, but yeah, it's like, those are, it's, it's, it, it, I will say that like my background I have found has actually been an advantage because when somebody walks into the gym, for some reason, I've just been told that people feel like they can relate to me. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, it's just cause I'm at work and you know what that's like. And it's, and it's like, when we talk about CrossFit, when we're doing the workouts, I don't tell you to catch somebody. I don't, I don't push the competition side of it really at all. I, I'm just like, dude, we're just, work I tell people all the time, like, we're just working out. I used to do this thing. We have two, we have two bay doors at, uh, 
at, 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 we have a bay door at Strode. We have two bay doors at Trace. And at my old job, we had a bay door. And people get so like wrapped up in workouts and they get like panicky, right? And I know what that's like. And I'll, and I'll, 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 I'll always go over to people if they're like feeling that or they're acting that way. And they're, I can just see them slipping for some reason. And I'll just go over to them and be like, hey, man, how you feel? Right? Just like ask it like, like, yeah. like really out of the blues. Like, how you feel? And they're like, not good. And I'm like, look outside. And they're like, and they're like, okay. And they look outside. I'm like, the rest of the world still exists. Now take a deep fucking breath. You're just working out. <laughs> press right? pause uh, for a second. Yeah, press pause. You're okay. You're exercising. You're here getting better. Stop being worried about whether or not you're catching up with your classmate because there's chances are you're not going to catch him. Chances are also good. You're ahead of him by three rounds and you don't know it because you're too fucking yeah. worried about it. Then right? they're, probably, like, they're probably cheating reps left and right. So don't yeah, man, worry. It's just like, and it's just like, dude, and it doesn't matter. Like you're just, you're working out. Like, are you, are, do you feel okay? What can we do for you? Like it's, yeah. I, I always try to make people comfortable when they walk into the gym. Yeah, dude. It's, um, it's a fascinating world to be in. That's for sure. Yeah, but um, we've, we've definitely, dude, this has been a ton of fun for me to chat down this. Yeah. I don't get to talk about this stuff all the time. Um, as much as, as much as I'd like to, um, but uh, we'll wrap it up, dude. You're, you're uh, obviously got the gift of, of connection and you got that soft spot for um, helping people regardless of what it is. And, and I think Thanks, a lot man. of that comes from overcoming a lot of your struggles that I'm sure still try to rear their heads at this point in, the, in your life, you know, where yeah. it's, you don't just overcome something. I think it's something that you manage and, and move forward with. And it's it just, it's a part of, where that spark comes from for you and maybe yeah. you don't personally want to go back there and you work really hard not to but you also understand people along their journey and and whatever it is you can draw the parallels between being obese or you know broken homes or you know whatever it might be it's um you have that uh, ability to get to their level and also say come come with and and like okay. we're, whatever the next level is for you we'll get you there and it doesn't matter if it's today tomorrow three years Let's just take that step. So I can appreciate that. Um, Thanks, man. I last couple, yeah, of course, dude. Um, last few things here, dude. Uh, where can people find you? Um, so I, I'm Christopher Bean everywhere on all my social media. Um, I, <laughs> I have a Twitter that I haven't been on in probably three years, but I'm probably about to start it back up. Um, but on Instagram, I'm Christopher Bean or Sasquatch Bean. Uh, real quick, Sasquatch comes because I used to back when I was like weighed like 185 pounds. I used to run a lot. Um, and one of the coaches at the old gym that I worked out at and used to work at, um, he commented cause he's real big on taking pictures of people. Um, he takes so many, but he, uh, <laughs> he commented, he commented one time that he could never get a clear photo of me running and I always have a beard and I'm always kind of, I'm always kind of scraggly. I'm actually kind of well kept right now. My aesthetic is a, is a, is a, is a, uh, like a disheveled hobo. That's my preferred aesthetic. Um, and he just commented that I just looked like Sasquatch cause I'm big. I got long arms and legs and was just running along. So that's, but that's where I got that. So my name on, uh, my name on Instagram is Sasquatch bean. That's just that straight through nothing in the middle. Uh, Facebook, I'm Christopher bean. If I see that we have a mutual friend or that I know you're in the power athlete network or the strength conditioning field or something, I will, I'll friend you. Um, trace strength, uh, tracestrength.com is the first gym crossfit strode station is the second gym they're both in lexington kentucky if anybody's ever in here ever in town come swing through we'll hang out do something the chances are i'll be working i work a lot i like to um but yeah that's all good deal and man if you, and if you come to trace strength come knock on the apartment door upstairs that's where i live so, <laughs> <laughs> so. knock the door down yes yeah knock the door down and my, uh, my girl my girlfriend might shoot you <laughs> yeah, yeah. i have a glass of bourbon ready uh, yeah right <laughs> 
So that's cool, dude. I know that uh, you you like to you mentioned it briefly in here that you like to write, and there's there's been plenty of times where you've you've written some stuff that has actually made me kind of like stop and go like, all right, what's he mean, and then what's this mean to me? So it's it's uh, I do appreciate, I appreciate that putting yourself out there. Um, last question, man. I ask this to everybody in some capacity, but um, you're on your deathbed, and you look back at your life. What will what will make you feel like you you lived a life well done? Um, man, I have a lot of answers for that. I'm trying to think of a way to sum it up. If as simple as it sounds, just if I know I did something, enough, dude. Right? Simple, if I simple if, as everything. If I if I know I did something, if I know that, if I know if. I can die knowing that I tried, right? Well, like dude. that's, that, that's my philosophy when I walk into work every single day. It's my philosophy when I try to like help new coaches get moving along, anything like that. It's always just as long as if you walk into the gym every day with anything, if you walk in and you try, you will get so much further than the people that are just trying to like, just wait for it to happen. If I know that I tried and on a silly note, if I get a black belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, that's I love it, dude. Right so, I love it. That's where I go now. So, I know that take that's a lot of time and dedication, but uh, enjoy that. Uh, appreciate you taking the time. This, is, this has been really cool to talk about. And uh, thanks for having me on, man. This is great. Of course. Keep doing what you're doing, man.